0: Hello, and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about The Duke Gets Desperate by Diana Quincy.
1: This was just published in 2023 and is the first book in the Sirens in Silk series.
0: And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary advanced reader copy from Avon. Um, Thank you, Avon. So new
1: series, not a lot to say, so let's just dive right into the book jacket. Anthony Carey, Duke of Strickland, inherits his spendthrift father's title and can finally restore the family castle to its former glory. But at the reading of the will, Strick is stunned to learn that his father has secretly disentailed him, leaving the family manor, home to twelve generations of dukes, to Strick's American stepmother. Everyone knows Strick detests the Dowager Duchess, and when she dies mysteriously, damning rumors start to surface.
0: When Rhea Darwish unexpectedly inherits her glamorous late cousin's castle in the English countryside, she clashes with the charismatic young duke, who insists the castle is rightfully his. The estate is practically bankrupt, so she must find a way to work with the duke in order to save both of their futures. The two
1: cannot stand each other, but mutual disdain soon gives way to desire.
0: When questions arise about how her cousin died... Ray, I cannot help wondering if Strick's sudden, unbridled passion for her is part of a scheme to get his castle back. There's a l- couple of major inaccuracies in the jacket, but mm. vibe-wise, it's fine. Yes, I it was so funny because I was like, that actually like totally doesn't happen in the book. However, it does a good job of setting it up, so it doesn't even bother me. The only thing that bothers me is secretly disentailed. Because he is not has not been disentailed, right? I I don't even think disentailed is a word.
1: I think it. If it is, I don't think it applies to the person. I think it applies to the property. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like he <laughs> has not been disentailed. If if disentailed is a word and not just like unentailed, it's the castle that was disentailed.
0: Yes. Anyway, whatever, it's fine. It um, also
1: makes it seem like the stepmother's death and the father's were much closer together and doesn't get into the stepmother's separate will. Yes. But again,
0: like overall yeah, that it like all that stuff? Yeah, you're right. Doesn't bother me at all. I think it's it's actually fine and I I like the final paragraph. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think my only actual quibble with it
1: is that it doesn't do enough about her situation. Yes. Like, all you know about her is she's the unexpected beneficiary of this will. Right. But it doesn't get into the fact that she's American Mm -hmm. or of Lebanese.
0: Levantine. Yeah. Levantine. Not not Lebanese. She's Palestinian. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It was an L word.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) She's Palestinian descent or that she was running a manufacturing company and essentially been disinherited by her family. Correct. I mean, I get it. It's a romance novel set in England, but I do think she got the short shrift in this jacket. She did.
0: Well, I wonder what we did in our summaries lane. As usual, we generated a random number between one and 50, and then we wrote our own summaries using that number as a word count. The number that was generated for this episode was 22. So I will start. Rhea has one. And endless sorts of money-making ideas. Two, a hot bod. Three, Strick's castle. Strick really wants that castle. Whatever will he do? Really, the dilemma is just staggering. It's a very, very difficult dilemma. And to be honest, he does resist the logical conclusion that I pose here for pretty long. In a romance novel. Sure. (laughs) How about you, Lane?
1: This is the least sensical inheritance shenanigans book ever, and that's saying something. You really can't trust gossip, and someone should learn that.
0: Someone should learn that, as in everyone in this book?
1: There's very little of substance that characters believe that it's actually true.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be honest. I I enjoyed this book. I was enjoying it a lot until all of this gossip and hearsay and everything came into place. And again, we've talked about miscommunication as a trope or a device that's used in romance novels. It's a staple of many. It is frustrating when like one candid conversation could fix everything. In this book, like they would have had to have Five candid conversations. because not just with each
1: other. Like tertiary characters are confused and like relaying false information. And and this book is not like well-crafted enough for that to feel like clever and unreliable narrator. Mm. No. It was
0: just really frustrating. I was very, very, I was extremely frustrated. After like the third or fourth miscommunication and then like the, the way each of them react to the miscommunication... That's what really got me, because it, like, kept going, you know? But anyway, so, like, if we're moving into tropes, I think that's kind of a big one, is, like, the miscommunication device is is really overused.
1: I don't know if that's a trope, but yes. If it is a trope, it's the trope. <laughs> yeah.
0: But then there are also... Okay, you said, you know, so...
1: This book sets up the inheritance shenanigans. I give it away in my s- summary. And because of that inheritance shenanigan, they are pitted against each other. And this is an enemies to lovers book. And this is very much a like, I hate that I want you.
0: Yeah. I don't even is.
1: like you, but I want to have sex with you.
0: Yeah. On both of their parts. They both hate each other and hate that they want each other. I I liked that it was mutual. Yeah. Um, so he is the
1: impoverished Duke, determined whose father sort of mismanaged and bankrupted the estate, who is one determined to get his family pile back. and two, desperate to do whatever he has to to restore the estate, except to tarnish the reputation of the dukedom. and he is desperate to resist marrying for money.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, so he's. Yeah, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, okay, so he's desperate to resist marrying for money because Trope, he had a very bad childhood because his parents, his father had married for money and his parents hated each other. Yes. So, you know, Trope, sad, he's not a sad, tragic orphan. I mean, he is an orphan, but the sad, tragic part is how his childhood was, not the fact that he is an orphan.
1: Right. Right. Well, it seems like his parents died, like, when he was into adulthood.
0: Yeah. So while he is
1: currently parentless, like, he was not an orphan child. Correct. He is an archaeologist I am not into, which is the opposite of a trope. But, like, he's an archaeologist is the trope. The fact that I am not into him is the
0: have I been body snatched. Correct. And then she's an upstart American. Yeah. And by upstart American, I mean, like, she's a real capitalist she can make money on something, she won't make money on it. And the reason she is not
1: making that money in her family business is because her father left everything to her brother with far less business acumen.
0: Aw, is this, like, is this a, is this, a, something that our protagonists have in common lane and can bond about? Daddy hmm. issues? Well, the inheritance daddy issues. The inheritance-specific daddy issues, yeah. Inheritance-specific daddy issues. You know, Meg,
1: I think if they communicated... <laughs> That would have been something that they bonded over.
0: Could have been really something kind of cool that they had in common.
1: Oh, and there's a mysterious potential crime that took place at ruins on the land.
0: Yes. Yes. There are ruins before. Ruins. Never seen it.
1: So those are the tropes. Mm. I'm sure there are more. We'll talk about them as we get to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I said I was I was willing to like go into this with my with my eyes open I've read some other Diana Quincy's which I have really enjoyed and um, she does feature Arab characters a lot which is really interesting I think in historical romance especially which tends to be a very white genre right mm-hmm. uh, Diana Quincy is of Arab background herself we met her last year actually at our um, spill the tea event she was there so that was pretty cool. But, um, so in this book, Rhea's parents immigrated to New York, where they started a textile company. And they are successful, but not like Fifth Avenue successful, right? And um, her father dies. She is disinherited. She gets an invitation from her cousin, whom she's never met who's this duchess in England. And she's like, you know what? I need a break from my family here in New York. I'm going to go visit my cousin in England. When she shows up, her cousin has died. And Raya learns that, in fact, she's left the castle to Rhea. Right.
1: So this cousin she's never met was the Dowager Duchess. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot sort of left ambiguous. She's clearly the Duke's second wife because Mm -hmm. she's not the current Duke's mother. Um, But how long they were married, you know, other than Anthony being suspicious of her, like, motives and why he's suspicious it's never really clear. They never get along. Um, He sort of views her as a suspicious American and believes she lied about pretty significant parts of her past. But yeah. Exactly how true those suspicions are is sort of left ambiguous.
0: Yeah. That was one of the things that I missed. I think mm. I was really hoping to learn more about the cousin mm-hmm. because she seemed like this really interesting character who maybe did misrepresent a little bit of her past, but seemed very happy with the Duke. He seemed happy with her Um she apparently had said that she was going to leave the castle to Strick, mm-hmm. to Anthony, her stepson. But then when she died, had written a uh, a will to leave it to Rhea. And it's not clear like, why? It's not clear why y- you are, or at least I was kind of expecting it to be kind of a matchmaking scheme. Like Rhea was going to discover a letter that was like, oh, I thought you would be perfect for Strick or whatever. I,
1: I was definitely looking for the matchmaking scheme mm-hmm. or, or some sort of letter explaining herself. I also could have seen it being what Raya sort of suspects very early on in the book that her Raya talking about being a woman whose entire future had been upended by a man who couldn't plan properly. Mm-hmm. This being like a, Hey, the family says we're alike. Here's a lifeline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anything, like, anything any
1: explaining. sort of like explanation of her motivations or the truth of her existence. I
0: kept waiting for, and it never yeah. came. So uh, that was one thing that I was disappointed in because I was very intrigued by this character who's completely off page, right? Yes. Again, Ray has never met her. Strick has this terrible view of her, um, but she didn't seem like a terrible person necessarily. Like maybe she seemed like the most complex character (laughs) that existed. Um, And yet, again, she was never on the page for us to get that complexity.
1: Well, and even a very minimally spoilery thing, she refurnished certain rooms of the castle, even though the estate did not have the money Mm -hmm. to refurbish those rooms. It is unclear if she was spending money the estate didn't have, selling off various goods within the estate to purchase and finance her acquisitions, or an unwilling pawn being conned by someone.
0: Yeah. But like you don't literally know.
1: don't know the answer.
0: No, no, we don't know. We never find out. I don't know. She was, she seemed like a very interesting character. Again, to be this Arab-American sort of fortune hunter, maybe, who did marry a duke, like, married Well, and she nobility. was clearly,
1: at least, it, it seemed like it was implied to me that she pretended not to be Arab. Mm, yeah. Because so. Anthony's reaction to meeting Raya, who is, very open about her ancestry is like a, ah, that explains her dark complexion. Another thing she lied about. Yeah. And whether she lied to the Duke about it or not, clearly she rep- represented herself in society as non-Arab. Yeah.
0: So anyway, I, I, I'm kind of would really be interested in, ugh, I was going to say I would be interested in a prequel novella, but no, the whole thing is super tragic because they both die. So yeah. I don't know. But I I would have been interested, which seems like a really interesting story that wasn't really told.
1: It's really interesting because, let me rephrase that, that was in some ways the most interesting part of the book to me. And the fact that it went nowhere was a huge
0: missed opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. That's exactly what it feels like. So so anyway, I was, I, again, I was interested in the book. I've read other things by Dana Quincy. So I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be like this Arab American, not American, but like Arab ancestry, woman of Arab ancestry, marrying it to the nobility. How's it going to, how's it going to work? What's going to happen? I thought the culture class was interesting. She came with her, her, not her grandmother, right? Or aunt. is it? Yes, her great aunt um who's a little older and would sometimes play dumb right uh but she was kind of a fun character too because she she it it was kind of this it's interesting culture clash of like what's proper in england versus what's proper to this arab woman Mm -hmm. older arab woman um and a lot of times it agreed, but sometimes it it wasn't exactly the same. So I I liked that part. That was kind of interesting to me. I thought that was a a cool note that Quincy mm-hmm. introduced. Um. I I did like that the question that's posed in the book jacket, which is, "Oh, he's suddenly attracted to her. Is it because he wants to marry her and get his castle back?" Right. You you expect. A Marriage of Convenience, because, again, Marriage of Convenience is an easy way to get our characters together. Um, But they don't even get engaged until, like, halfway through the book.
1: Yeah, and minor spoiler in terms of a trope as to how that happens. But they're still not working together when that happens. And there's a twist in the middle as well. That gives him less reason to view her as a partner out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And I wish that would have been played with more honesty.
0: that That's the thing. they It feels like both of them are keeping things from each other. I, I think we're going to have to have a spoiler section because there's so much miscommunication and so many things I want to say about it.
1: And I want to talk about the actual ending and the reveal of the bad guy and how all that goes down. And that's yes. definitely spoilery. We have to but talk like, about it. Suffice it to say, there was some unique stuff here. Raya's Palestinian-American heritage. The layers of this inheritance shenanigans and this property and the potential for forced cooperation and this mysterious dead woman at the center of it all. Yeah. And ultimately, I felt like none of
0: those things were followed through on. Yeah, basically, I think this book, and again, we talk about this a lot. This book had a ton of potential, I think. Yeah. And unfortunately, the parts I was most interested in weren't delved into. And then the parts that were delved into were sometimes explored in a way that were, was just very frustrating. Yeah.
1: So we're, we have a lot more to say about quality, but it will be post-spoiler tag. So with that, uh, content warning, Meg, anything you want to say?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Raya is an Arab woman living in England and America. Um, she experiences, um, it, it, this was, I liked the way that this was done. So she experiences like sexism inherent to her culture. Like her father recognizes that she's better at running the company, but he's like, well, I'm going to leave it to my son instead. Um, and in some ways her existence as a woman is more constrained because of her Arab family than it would be if she was in out- in quotation marks, in British society. So I thought that intersectionality of the sexism and racism was was really interesting. And I thought, well done by Diana Quincy. But it is something that um, exists on the page and it's not glossed over.
1: Right. And I actually really want to praise how it was done, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when there are characters of color, you'll see moments of their heritage and their background. But otherwise, it feels sort of like colorblind writing. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the character is a woman of color, but they could be a white woman and you wouldn't be changing much. Mm -hmm. This book certainly isn't that. No. Granted, there are reasons historical romance often goes with the less intense version. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what they want to write about, but they want the representation. Props to Diana Quincy for not just doing it for token representation.
0: Yes. Well, and also props to her for... Even though it's present, it's not the main conflict of the book, which yes. I also really appreciated because a lot of times, again, as you say, either it's colorblind, it could be a woman of any of any race, or it's like the fact that they're going to have a mixed marriage is the conflict of the book. Right. Um, so again, I, I get, really want to praise her on, for that. Super well done. Something I thought was less
1: well done. um, as I kind of allude to in my summary, there are a lot of rumors floating around. Mm. Some cast suspicion on the Duke, but most of them seem to be about this deceased dowager duchess's character. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is implication that she was a whore, or if she wasn't a whore, she was doing it wrong. Right? Like she's accused of sleeping with people. She's accused of, well, people thought she would live it up when the Duke died, but then she didn't. And I think it's just interesting that this character who Meg and I were super intrigued by and could have been something really interesting was sort of reduced by social commentary on who she was fucking. hmm And like, there's some truth in that, but I think if you're gonna do that and you're gonna slander her and all the gossip, you owe it to her to present a version of the truth that
0: yeah. dispels that notion. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. And I mean, but- the thing is like, Because Rhea never knew her, Rhea is also operating on a little bit on hearsay, right? Yeah. She knows what she was like from her family, from the stories her family tells. She's written letters to her. But since she's never met her, she doesn't get to form her own opinion.
1: And three of the people she explicitly asks, tell me more about my aunt, you know, by the end of the book, have reasons to lie to her, but you Mm -hmm. don't know what the truth was.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Sexiness. I found the book pretty sexy. They couldn't resist each other. Um, they were... this. It, I, I really liked it, actually. Because Reya's like, is he just trying to seduce me because he wants this castle? Um, and he's like, no, if I could resist you, I would be resisting you. I don't know. I was pretty into it.
1: Two things for me. One, I'm just not a fan of the... Characters who hate each other finally have a multiple moment of understanding and they make out and then they, one of them says, we shouldn't have done this. And the other takes it profoundly personally and storms (laughs) off and it creates this huge, like insurmountable obstacle that happens multiple times.
0: I mean, we're going to talk about it in the spoiler edition. Okay. But like multiple times that
1: one of them says we shouldn't have done that. Meaning we are at odds. Our goals are not aligned. And the other is like, you don't even want me. Like, no, he fucking made out with you. Of course he fucking wants you. Like pay attention. (laughs) So that's one. And two, Um, the word titties was used far too often, especially in erotic dirty talk. And apparently it got to the point for me where titties no longer had meaning. Uh, I don't care. Titties are fine. Um, Yeah, apparently that is a word that in historical romance sticks out to me, especially the 9,000th time it's used. No, I'm good with it. Okay. So that was how I felt. Um, Thank you
0: guys so much for listening. If you are only interested in the spoiler-free discussion. <laughs> Then, you know, go read the book. Check it out. I, I would love to know what you think about it because, like, honestly, there, there was a lot of potential. And I think it might deliver for some people. I don't know. Um, Stick around for the spoiler version. If not, uh rate, subscribe, Check us out on Instagram and threads and maybe Twitter. I don't know. We don't really post on there. But at plot tricks. X. X. <laughs> spoiler version spoiler version Ready? all right Nick, take it away okay so i could not stand how many times they would like have an honest conversation decide on a course of action and then one of them would decide not to tell the other one something and then of course the other person would find out somehow or and then instead of like confronting them about this thing that they hadn't told them or thing they would assume something else and then maybe go on to like try to manipulate them again so for example Raya inherits the, ca- the castle from her aunt they decide to get married um because like they're super hot for each other and he wants the castle back and she's like and
1: spoiler trope they're caught in his they- room together
0: Yes, they're not making out, but so they are
1: ruined and forced to wed.
0: Yeah. And so she's like, oh, fine. But, you know, whatever. It's we we at least are hot for each other. So this is fine. And he discovers after they're engaged, he discovers that actually there is a codicil to his father's will that said that after his stepmother died, the property reverted back to Strickland. Which, fine, like, that makes sense. But he, it like, really likes Rhea and doesn't want her to leave. And so he decides that he's not going to disclose to her that the castle is actually not hers. Because, again, he doesn't want her to leave. I'm not sure why you just wouldn't tell her this. Like, hey, you know, I discovered this, but I I really, really want you to stay because blah, blah, blah. Like, let's hash it out. I I honestly don't get why he decided not to disclose, but he didn't. She discovers that she does not actually own the castle. And instead of, again, instead of going to him and being like, what the fuck, why didn't you tell me this? She's like, I'm going to get him to admit That he kept this from me by coming up with the really, like, the worst money-making ideas on the castle. So, basically, she's like, "Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have bear fights on my part of the castle. And he's like, but I don't want to have bear fights there. And she's like, well, whose castle is it? Mine or yours. You told me I was going to get to do everything with this business. So, bear fights it is. And because he wants her to say so much and he's committed to this lie, he just goes along with all these stupid ideas. I don't know, Lane. It was like... Honestly, the problem was he hid things from her. Yes.
1: And she interpreted everything she found out in the most malicious way. Example of that, he's got this brother and sister, like really good friends of his who live in the house next door. And he makes a passing comment to the sister in this equation hey, yeah, I'm engaged. You're the only other woman in the area. You know, if if Rhea needs help fitting in, I'm like, I need help. I trust you to help look out for her. And then she goes to Rhea and she's like, he told me to give you Duchess lessons. And she's like, what an asshole. And then doesn't talk to him for a week. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, maybe this woman who you've already pegged as in love with him with ulterior motives for herself should not be trusted at face
0: value. And there is a conversation you should maybe have. Well, and the thing is, too, like one of those things I could probably accept. Like the first one, like this one, she kind of gives him the cold shoulder for a week, but he finally is like, "Ray, like, dude, what's going on?" And she's like, "You tried to give me Duchess lessons," and he's like, "What? I didn't try to give you Duchess lessons." And they make up, and everything is fine. The thing that but, also bothered
1: me about it is they often hook up before talking. Yeah, like they cave first on the overwhelming passion. And then the fact that they're like, okay, I guess we fucked. We have to talk now. Yeah. It's like, I don't but, mind like sexual, sexual communication being used as like a way to increase intimacy, but I don't like it being used as like a way to avoid progressing the plot.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So there's, there was the Duchess lessons that was confusing. Then there was another time where she said something that he took the wrong way. She, she wouldn't th- go up on the turret with him where yes. her aunt was killed.
1: And She meant it as, I'm afraid of heights and I don't want to go up on the turret, period. And he interpreted it as, you are scared of going up on the turret with me because you think I killed your aunt.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's. she said, I'm never going up there with you. Um, Like, that. those were the words she used. And he was like, oh, my God, she's going to marry me, but she still thinks I killed her aunt. So he gives her the cold shoulder until she discovers from his friends that he feels bad about being accused and she's like oh my gosh he took it the wrong way so she goes they apologize i really like that happened then the next misunderstanding happened and like with each one my tolerance for the misunderstanding got lower and lower and lower like the first one i was like oh you know she." so
1: by the time the missing goblets which have been the chekhov's gun from the first scene are found in his best friend's house and they mistakenly think both of the best friends took them either though neither did because the best friends are owning up to it it was the
0: stupidest thing okay but then also like the even like towards the end she walks in on him and his best friend's sister like hugging each other yeah and she's like oh my god he's wanted to marry her the whole time now he's got that castle and he's just gonna marry her, and I'm this like, whole oh my thing god. was
1: fraud to get me out of the picture.
0: Like, it's like yeah, lady, he, he didn't need fraud. Every time, like the next one would come, like I was like, oh my god, like no, not again. <laughs>
1: um,
0: oh. and then okay. we get
1: to the actual ending of the book. So oh. from the very beginning, various people in town have implied that. A Strick pushed his aunt off the abbey where she fell from. His his uh, his stepmother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, his stepmother. That, like that, he killed her. And there have been suspicions that this stepmother was like selling things from the property, and using this guy she was sleeping with as her go-between, like a fence, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the book, Rhea thinks she sort of solved both mysteries. Mm-hmm. That her aunt was not pushed by Strick. But there may be a more nefarious plot going on in regards to the missing goods.
0: Mm-hmm. So she she thinks she knows who didn't. And she goes to corroborate her suspicions with the housekeeper. And she's Who like, she
1: knows is an accomplice at the very least.
0: Yes, she knows that the the housekeeper was, like, helping to sell the goods or something like that. Mm -hmm. Helping to, like, identify which ones to steal and stuff like that.
1: Or at the very least, letting him into the house to do that.
0: Yeah. And the housekeeper's like, oh, my God, I know where he was hiding this stuff. Like, it's out in the tower. And Rhea's like, ooh, I'm going to go find this extra stuff that was missing, and I'm going to present it to Strick, and it's going to be great. And she's like, okay, show me where it is. So they trek out to the tower, go to the tower, and then they get to the tower, and she's like, I'm not scared of heights anymore, which, worst time in the world to, like, no longer be scared of heights. Why decide now, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go up the tower with this woman where my aunt died. She goes up there with her and then shock horror to no one's surprise except for Reyes, the housekeeper is the killer and is going to push her off.
1: My favorite LOL moment that was not meant to be LOL during that sequence when Reyes like, oh, my God, I'm so dumb. Of course, there's no antiquities out here. It's too humid. And I was like, that, that is the part that makes you realize you've been a fucking idiot.
0: Like, I'm sorry, but this is the definition of too stupid to live. Like, Rhea deserved to be pushed off that fucking tower. And Rhea had not
1: been too stupid to live at any point up to this one.
0: No. This was the moment. This was the moment when I was officially done. Anyway.
1: So here's the together.
0: They're happy. She's a duchess. Whatever. But Diana
1: Quincy is a good professional author. This has narrative flow, and it is, like, not choppily written. Like, it's it's not a bad book from a, like, construction standpoint. It just lost me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also too many characters.
0: There are a lot of characters. I, I mean, I have to say that... Like I have read other books that she's written that I've really, really enjoyed, um, and thought were really fun. Yeah. And I, I'm disappointed that I didn't have as much fun as as I wanted to with this one. There were a lot of elements I did really, really like. Um, some characters who had a lot of potential, and sadly, there was just so much weird miscommunication, and then all of a sudden, Rhea turning too stupid to live at the very end. That that really brought it down for me sadly but
1: thank you i will still with us for this addendum
0: yes i will still 100 percent read another diana quincy book like i really will i want to see what she's coming up with i just really hope that it's she doesn't rely on that miscommunication or a
1: russian nesting box of wills
0: (laughs) I know, like the 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 last book I read by her, I loved, I loved, I really liked it. So you know, it was like pretty straightforward uh, romance that was really cool. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you later.